This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about air marshals, sardines, leopards, ducks, cows, turtles, and stowaways. The music for the show I recorded on safari in Palanisburg, South Africa. Let's get on with the show. So, on a flight, I had a non-revenue passenger, a fellow flight attendant, and she was on a very eventful, having to evacuate the airplane flight and... I've never even had to, I've had some times where they had to foam the runway thinking we might not have landing gear or something, but I've never had to evacuate an airplane. Uh, But this was, I'm not going to tell you the whole story. I'm just going to tell you the part that really interested me is that apparently this plane had this leak on the wing and there was all this fuel coming off the wing. That's very dangerous because they had to, they had to divert to another, um, airport and it was very close to when they took off so they had a lot of fuel and the fuel's leaking off the wing and uh, because they had to like land at a non-normal airport in a non-normal country to land in uh, uh, the pilot so they had gotten all the passengers off the plane you know they're all off the plane luckily they were able to go down the stairs they didn't have to go down a slide but the pilot's like is everybody off the plane because all it would take, there's so much fuel. There was so much fuel coming off that wing. It'd take nothing for that plane to go out like that. And this flight attendant was like, well, we got the air marshals on the plane. He's like, well, get them off the plane. And she's like, they don't want to get off the plane. I don't want to go into this because all of this isn't, you don't need to know. But uh, there's a lot of rules with people with guns getting off the plane in a country where they're not supposed to have guns. Anyway, it was this was about the guns and the air marshals, but the flight attendant and the pilot were worried about the plane going up in in a ball of flames. So who cares what the rules are about your guns? So she's like, get out the plane, get out the plane. So they finally did. This was a bit of a kerfuffle. So 
people bring us things sometimes, not always. Sometimes people will bring us chocolates or something. It's very nice. It's always appreciated. Well, this passenger brought us something unusual. Cans of sardines. No, not actual sardines, but they were chocolate. They were chocolates wrapped like little sardines in little tin cans like sardines would come in. I didn't even know they made chocolate sardines, but how cute is that? And the person at the boarding door says to me, we usually will thank these people. We go back and thank them for giving us something. It's very nice of them. We want to be appreciative. And so the person at the boarding door goes, go back and tell 36C, thank you for the sardines. So I go, okay. And so I go back and I'm like, were you the one that brought us the sardines? And this woman's looking at me. She goes, what? I said, did you bring us the sardines? And she's like, sardines? <laughs> and I'm thinking, obviously this woman did, didn't bring us the chocolate sardines. And obviously this is a strange thing to ask somebody if you brought us sardines. <laughs> You just don't associate airplanes and sardines. Anyway, I go back to person boarding and I said, that was not the person who brought us that. And they go, you told me to thank 36C. And they go, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's 38C. And I'm like, okay. So I go back to 38C and I say, were you the one that was so nice to bring us the sardines? And this woman looks at me and she goes, the what? I went back up to the person boarding and I said, I am not going up to anybody else and thanking them for bringing us sardines. A little bit of business. Uh, For those of you who've been listening a while, you know that I am not good at monetizing this podcast or getting sponsors for this podcast. And the the sponsors I've had have come to me and the last two were a little sketchy. So, um... I was posting the podcast last month, and Lipson, the company I used to upload the podcast, had a little pop-up screen that said, do you want to monetize your current and past podcasts? Just click here. (laughs) So I did it. So this is an experiment. I don't think it's going to be too inconvenient for you, the listener, because it's a pre-roll, so you can fast forward through that, and it's at the end, which you don't have to listen to if you don't want to. Uh, But I also don't know, because they didn't say how much you get paid per ad, blah, blah, blah. If it turns out that this is like pennies, (laughs) I'll take it off. But for the moment, I'm experimenting with this pre-roll ad and post-roll ad, and we'll see how it goes. I had another work safari. Yippee, yippee, yippee. (laughs) Nothing better than going on safari at work, because I had a two-day layover in Johannesburg. We did a lodge this time. We saw a a lot more animals. It was like a half, uh, another half an hour away, so like two hours. The other one was like an hour and a half, and this one we saw. My goodness, we saw a bunch of lions, a bunch of elephants, giraffe, and we saw a jackal. That was new for me. A cheetah and a cheetah stalking a zebra. And we saw the cheetah chase after the zebra, but then they both went behind a a hill. So we never really saw what happened, but it was exciting. And then we're watching these giraffes and we're watching these hot air balloons go by. And it's so pretty. And um, we're, we're having a good time watching the giraffes. There's actually quite a few safari vehicles. And we hear the other safari vehicle go, 
there's a leopard in the road. There's a leopard in the road. And we're like, there's a leopard in the road. <laughs> and so <laughs> we went tearing off after it and we got to see the leopard. It was very exciting. So one of the things about the safari is uh, the night before, there's usually uh, like a, a whole crew goes out to dinner. Um, I've just found that I can get overly tired because uh, Johannesburg is like a 15-hour flight going over, 16-hour flight going back. And like on the safari, you get to bed at like 11, but the, the safari the next day is at 5. So I decided I was just going to go get some Indian food. I went with one other girl and I went back and went to sleep. And I was much more awake for the safari, which is more important to me. But I was so glad I didn't go with. I had two girls that were on the last safari, on this safari. How nice is that? Nice girls. Uh, good friends, um, but they stayed out with the dinner and came back to the hotel. I'm so glad I didn't go with them because they got, there's a lot of, the electricity goes out a lot in Africa, a lot. And they had gotten in the elevator and the electricity went out and they were stuck in the elevator for like an hour and a half. And I would have been miserable because I'd be like looking at my watch going, we gotta go to bed. We have a safari in the morning. We have to go to bed. We have a safari in the morning. And it was hot. And this was funny because they were trying to, um, you know, in the movies, there's always like a hatch in the ceiling. So the one had gotten on the other one's back and was trying to find the hatch. There's no hatch. The elevator was hatchless. But this was the funny part, I thought. So uh, it's hot. They need to go to bed. They're, they're, they keep calling the elevator in the, I mean, the phone in the elevator. So they decided to call our airline in the United States, like the number we call if there's an emergency. And they were like, we're stuck in an elevator. And the company, the person on the phone said, um, and what would you like me to do about that? <laughs> you know, they're stuck in an elevator in Africa. It's in the United States. <laughs> anyway, I was so glad I missed all that, even though it was a good story. We had a really good driver for our early morning safari and he's just being nice he hasn't met any of us there's six of us and he's like what is your wish list and the one person's like i want to see a lion the other person is saying i want to see a giraffe the other one's saying i want to see a cheetah and the other one's saying i want to see a leopard and he's like well you know we're probably not going to see all of those you know uh, we had asked him he said there were in the park polanisberg they have 47 lions 25 leopards and nine cheetahs. So when we saw some lions, we're very exciting. And he's like, yes, yes. He's like, okay, the safari's good now. He's, uh, he got some, and when we saw some giraffes, he's like, okay, you guys will be happy now. And then one girl's like, well, I want to see a cheetah. And he's like, I can't promise you a cheetah. Like, we're, we're on a like, two-hour safari. What are the chances I'm going to find you a cheetah when there's nine cheetahs in the park? And we saw two cheetahs. <laughs> And he's like, wow, we're thinking, yippee. And so then the one girl is still like, so can we see a leopard? And he's like, I've got you lions and cheetahs and giraffes and elephants. I can't get you a, a leopard too. And just then is when the other car goes, there's a leopard in the road. There's a leopard in the road. <laughs> one of the girls on this recent safari, uh, really hadn't been on many safaris. So she had, was saying things. She was very senior, very, very senior. So in her 70s. And um, she was saying, so we're going to get to pet the animals? And I'm like, no, these are wild animals. I'm going to pet the animals. Actually, I really liked her. 
uh, she was great, and it was it was actually fun, and she was very entertaining because we got to one point, and there was a wildebeest. You know what a wildebeest looks like? I'm going to put the picture of the wildebeest on Instagram for this podcast, but a wildebeest is very beast-looking, you know. <laughs> it's a definite look for a wildebeest. Now, I granted, I've been on a lot of safaris. I know what a wildebeest is. I'm not judging anyone who hasn't been on a lot of safaris. But she was so funny because we had just seen this wildebeest. He had crossed the road right in front of us. Very exciting. And then we go a little further and she says to me, what kind of cow was that? <laughs> it's just so funny to me. What kind of cow was that? We had landed in Paris, and it's a long drive into town, and sometimes it can be like an hour and a half, two hours, so I wanted to quick use the restroom before we were going to go, but you also don't want to make sure you don't want to hold up the crew, because you got a long drive, last thing you want to do is hold up the crew, but I did take my little toiletry bag in there just to um, do a quick teeth brush, lipstick, go, but there were still passengers deplaning, somebody else was saying bye-bye, so I thought I'll just... Zippity-doo, get in here, get out, ready to go, right? Well, I dropped my whole toiletry bag. Everything went on the floor, and there's already pee on the floor, and you're just like, wow, my stuff is now mixed with the pee, and I'm trying to wipe things off. I know I'm also at a time constraint, I'm trying to get everything, trying to wipe it off, trying to wash it off, yuck, yuck, oh no, oh no, but what happened was, wah, 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 in the rush, in the disgust, <laughs> I ended up leaving my toothpaste, my mascara, and my tweezers, just because, you know, stuff had gone all over the place in the bathroom, and I was in a rush. Anyway, I'm in Paris. I need to get some toothpaste. And as luck would have it, I, the pharmacy downstairs at the hotel, they had these, they have a lot of, they have a lot of selection of toothpaste in Paris. And I saw something I had never seen before. It's a, a toothpaste from Switzerland called Caraprox BU, BU, like, I don't know. It said, like, we take the boring out of brushing your teeth. And I was like, well, maybe I'll try some of this toothpaste from Switzerland. It's in bright colored containers. And let me tell you, so the flavor I got was blackberry licorice. And hello, that was fun brushing my teeth. And it has a whitening from enzymes. I don't have a, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. I just thought this is some fantastic toothpaste. And it all came because I dropped all my stuff. Yuck, the pee soaked bathroom floor. I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything more. It supports the show. You can even bookmark it so it's even faster. You go to my website, bettyinthesky.com, click through any of the Amazon links, and I like to see what people buy. This past month, somebody bought a mutter foam microphone cover windscreen right up my alley. Somebody else bought Nerds candy corn. And guess what? You can get that fancy toothpaste from Switzerland called Caraprox. Be you. So if you're going to go to Amazon, just think about going through my website and I thank you so very much. Well, you know, I love buying things in other countries that we don't have here. And one of the girls on Safari, uh, I never, I've never met her before. And um, she was telling me that the thing she buys in Paris uh, is 
this duck in a can. What? It's just a funny name. Duck in a can. She buys duck in a can. And she's like, no, you don't understand. The person who told me about this says this is what he makes for the special Christmas dinner. That's how good it is, this French duck in a can. Now, I don't even eat duck, but I'm curious. I have a sister who's a foodie. She probably could do a lot with this duck in a can. <laughs> it's just so funny to say duck in a can. So anyway, she said what you do is that the duck is seasoned. It's already cooked. It's in duck fat, which is very expensive. And she said you take, you take, there's like four pieces of duck and you take it and you put it like in a colander or something to drain the fat and you keep the fat and then you roast vegetables, potatoes, you know, Brussels sprouts, peppers, whatever you want to be with your duck in a can. And so <laughs> You roast the vegetables in the duck fat and then like in the oven. And then like when the vegetables are like 10 minutes from being done, you put the duck in there just to warm it up. And she said, people go crazy. It's so good. So I'm going to have to get a Paris trip just to get some duck in a can. So the community I live in is quite social. They have a lot of activities and I joined the nature club and there was a lecture on, uh, Who's singing in your garden? About bird sounds, and they'd show the bird and then uh, play the song. And uh, there were maybe like 45, 50 people in the room. I'm enjoying it. The guy was very good, the lecturer, the naturalist. But my favorite thing he said that night was, he said, uh, so why do birds sing? And uh, he said, I'm going to explain it to you. I want to know. Is anyone in this room related to Lyle Lovett? And everybody's like, hmm? Nobody raises their hand, right? Because then he goes, okay, well, can anyone tell me who Lyle Lovett was married to? And a whole bunch of hands went up and it was like, Julia Roberts. And he goes, well, do you think Lyle Lovett could have got Julia Roberts to marry him if he did not sing? <laughs> and it was like, enough said. I was flying with this very beautiful flight attendant, and she has three kids. She's a really good mother. She speaks another language, so she has been flying to Europe for most of her flying career. So uh, one of her kids was now old enough, uh, I think just starting college, um, to go on a trip with her, a work trip with her. So she didn't sleep on the way over on the flight, the child. I think she had homework to do. Uh, maybe she was excited going on a trip with mom, whatever. She didn't sleep on the flight. And they get to the hotel in Europe. The mother says, okay, we're going to sleep one hour. And the kid was like, what? I'm just tired. Basically, she couldn't even keep her eyes open. She didn't take her shoes off. She just passed out in the bed. It's hard. Uh, especially when you aren't used to doing it. It's now like six o'clock in the morning. She's probably never stayed up till six o'clock in the morning before. It, was, it might have even been later, like eight o'clock. Anyway, it's the morning and she has not slept, the child. So the mother sets her alarm for one hour. One hour. <laughs> Wakes the kid up and the kid is like, Mom, I've only been sleeping for one hour. I can't get, it was one hour. Are you crazy? She's like, no, we're getting up. We're getting out. And the kid's like, what? It's, the kid is acting like it's a tragedy. And the mother's like, no, get up. And the mother then takes her to all the places in Europe 
that she buys things for her kids. So she takes her to the grocery store and she goes, this is where I buy the cookies that you like. She goes to another store. This is where I, where I buy that bread that you're crazy about. Another store. This is where I buy those chips that you like so much. She takes her to another store. She goes, this is where I buy all the makeup I bring home for you. She takes him to another store and she's like, this is where I get all the clothes that you like. Basically, they run around <laughs> all these errands and the kid, you know, it's it's natural for a kid. They just don't think, they think that they like the bread, that they like the makeup, that they like the clothes. They don't really think about all the time it takes for the mother to buy it. So later on, she goes, mom, have you been only sleeping one hour on your layover? No, granted, there's another night, but really she's losing almost an entire night's sleep. And she's like, you only sleep for one hour? And then you go around and shop to bring all these special things home for us? And the mother of the flight attendant was like, yeah. And I was like, wow. And I like, it's not just the story of her flying career. That is the story of parenthood. There are some flights where everything just seems to go wrong, like there's a cloud over it. And uh, I've had a lot of these lately. And what I've been saying to other flight attendants is I say, just smile through the cluster. Smile through the cluster. They're like, okay. So I was just doing one on the way to Maui and the, the the caterers were late getting there. The plane was late getting in. We're now boarding and we're catering and it's at the door where, you know, so there's all this noise and racket and we can't get the champagne in first class. And the passengers are having had to go down the wrong aisle, which they hate. And I'm like, smile through the cluster. We don't have the towels we're supposed to have to hand out in first class. <laughs> we don't have the special meals and coach. Uh, it, it's just one of those things that I, I must have said on that flight to different people. Smile through the cluster. Smile through the cluster. I must have said it 15 times. Also, I'll say, smile through the cluster. We're going to Maui. So I had my last Maui layover. It's done for the season. We, sh we hope we're going to get it back next winter. But we were at a different hotel. We've been staying at this fancy hotel, which is a higher-end hotel than we normally stay in because they were renovating the normal hotel. And so I was very curious that I might like the less expensive hotel better. It's in Kihei. The other hotel was in Kanapali. So it's like half the drive. The drive is important because, you know, if you only have 24 hours, uh, if you're saving 30 minutes each way, you get an extra hour on your layover. So anyway, get to Kihei, and I do like the hotel better because it's more of a local area. There's more local people. It's not as touristy. There's chickens wandering around. <laughs> I like a place with chickens wandering around, okay? So then I'm excited to try the beach because I like to snorkel, and um, I get up really early in the morning because I don't have that much time get out there for sunrise, really pretty, and there's nobody out there, put my stuff in the sand, and I think, oh, this might not be good snorkeling, you know, it might, it doesn't matter, I'll, I'll get a swim in, it's good to swim before work, and uh, 
I go, I think, oh, I'll go over here to the left because there's some rocks. There's usually, you know, where there's rocks, it's usually better snorkeling. So just me and I'm, I'm snorkeling and there's some coral and I'm like, oh, this is nice. I like to snorkel at work. And then I see a turtle and I was like, yay, it's a turtle. So there is good snorkeling in this area. Yippee. And I'm just watching the turtle. I'm just kind of hanging there watching the turtle. I have my GoPro out. I'm taking some videos of the turtle. And then... I look around, I hadn't even noticed. Four giant turtles, like, surrounding me in a circle. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I was kind of, like, twirling around, looking at these turtles. They were just kind of hanging there in the water, these giant turtles. And I was like, this is really good snorkeling. Oh, my God. I'm taking videos. I'm taking videos. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't believe it. (laughs) So much fun. The turtles seemed to, they, they, I, I don't know. It, it felt like a movie, like just being surrounded by giant turtles by yourself out in the ocean. I was like, Wah. and I thought, I'm getting the best videos. And then I, GoPro seemed to be making a strange noise. So I turned it over to see like there's like a little thing with text and it says, no SD card. And it was like, and I'm thinking, I don't usually make mistakes like that. I didn't put the SD card back in the GoPro. That just doesn't seem like me. So anyway, I think, okay, I'll swim back into shore. I have my work phone. I don't bring my phone because I'm going to be out snorkeling and I want to lose it. But if I lose my work phone, no one costs like, maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast. (laughs) I take the work phone. (laughs) Anyway, I thought, I'll take the work phone out. Maybe I can get, you know, get a video since I don't have the SD card. Maybe I can get a video with all these turtles. But also, I was thinking, what are the chances I'm going to be surrounded by turtles again? But I thought, okay, I'll go in. And I'm going in, and there's a turtle just kind of swimming with me. And I always want to make sure I'm not getting too close to them. So I kind of swim away thinking, I'm not trying to get too close, buddy. And then he comes closer. He seemed to want to be swimming with me. And I'm thinking, this is like the most fantastic turtle day. <laughs> I get into shore. I open up the GoPro just thinking, I I didn't put the SD card in there. And it's in there. It just wasn't pushed in all the way. So it was like, go back out. I did see some turtles. Nothing like that magical <laughs> surrounded by turtle or swimming with the turtle wanting to swim with me. <laughs> but you know, sometimes it's not about capturing it on in photos or videos. It's just about the experience. At work, I wear a dress. I just like wearing a dress. I like being kind of dressed up at work. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just old school. I don't want to wear pants and a vest. It feels frumpy. I like wearing a dress. But anyway, I have this little pen that I keep on. It goes on, clips on my neckline. And um, very often, It tends to fall into my dress. And when it does that, I'll just shake, I'll just kind of shimmy my dress a little bit and it'll fall out the bottom. (laughs) I didn't realize this female passenger was watching me shimmy my dress and the pen fell out and she goes, that was fantastic. And I was like, it was? Okay. You guys know I love my job. I love my job, especially when you're going on safari work (laughs) or going on a mission to buy duck in a can. (laughs) Anyway, but there are times when basically when I'm working, 
those 300 people are, that are on the plane, their problems while I'm on the plane are my problems. And there are times, on, especially on particularly difficult flights, where you have a medical thing here, you have somebody having an allergic reaction over here, you got somebody else throwing up over here, you have uh, somebody with a headache over here, you have a honeymoon couple who are fighting over here. Basically, you have a lot of stuff going on that there are times when I get off the plane and I take the uniform off and I go, all of you, all of your problems, they're not my problems anymore. They're back to being your problems. Yippee! This story has an offensive word in it, just in case you want to fast forward. But I was talking to this girl. She worked at Pan Am, and she was saying how they had these, and I think we had them at one point also. Gosh, I've been doing this for so long. They said they had an ice bin with a metal lid on it and they would sometimes pull it out to sit on it in the galley just to to hang out in the downtime and uh, they'd put like a pillow or a blanket on top because otherwise because it was an ice bin with a metal lid it'd be cold so they had been out you know doing a water walk or whatever they were doing working and they came back to the galley and here's this woman sitting on she had taken the, the pillow and blanket off the top and she's sitting on the metal lid to the ice bin and they were like and she had her skirt like all around it she's kind of like squatting on the metal ice bin and they said what are you doing and she said here's the offensive word my pussy was hot my pussy was hot (laughs) I was flying with this really nice guy really cute nice young guy fun flown with him before somebody we were on the beverage cart together and a passenger said which is unusual for a passenger to say she goes you make a good team (laughs) I think maybe just because we were smiling and having a good time and uh, anyway later that day I it was me I was at fault I caused a bit of a kerfuffle shame on me but I so you know mistakes happen right mistakes happen but uh I've talked about this before. You know, we have crew rest, you set your alarm, you get up. I always get up like 10 minutes early because I want to make sure my hair is brushed before I have to get, usually right after your break, you have to be on the cart. So I want to make sure, you know, I look presentable. Anyway, uh, I'm on the cart with my nice young guy, cute guy, and uh, he's saying, we're missing somebody. And I'm thinking, well, who are we missing? So he was there. There were only two guys on the crew. The other guy was on the other side of the aisle. And he goes, we're missing somebody. Go down to crew rest and see if there's anybody down there. So I said, okay. You know, I'm always game. I'm like, sure. So I go down there. And I think you remember a few, maybe, maybe six months ago, a year ago, there was somebody in crew rest. I thought it was a stowaway because uh, there was a guy down there and he had jeans on. It turned out he was a pilot jump seater. So I go down there and sure enough, one of the bunks, they have curtains and they have snaps and, and the bunk is all snapped. And I was like, huh. So I hate to unsnap somebody's curtain because, you know, you're basically invading their privacy. But who's ever in there should be up there on the cart working. So I unsnap it and I look in and it looked like a man. And I was thinking, oh, there's somebody, again, I'm thinking there's somebody down here who's not supposed to be down here. And I was thinking, well, maybe there's a jump seater and he came down here in between the breaks is sleeping. It looked like a man. 
face up. Anyway, so I go back up to the cart to have my nice young cute guy. I'm like, there's a man down there. And he's like, there's a man down there. And I'm like, there's a man down there. There's a man down there in the bunk. And he goes, I'll go, you know, nice masculine. He says, um, alpha. He goes, I'll go down and look. And so we moved the cart and I'm thinking, good, you go down and look. And I said, before he left, I'm like, is there a jump seater? Is that who's down there? And he's like, I'll go look. And so he gets down there. He unsnaps the curtain and uh, he comes back up and says, it was, let's just give the name Debbie. Uh, and I was like, it was, he goes, it did look like a man when I opened it. I, she, she has her hair pulled back kind of severe and doesn't have bangs or anything. And she's very athletic. So she's kind of muscular and it looked like a man. And then we didn't have any other men. And now anyway, it was my fault. So <laughs> it was my fault. It was my fault. <laughs> causing a kerfuffle and so me and the guy the rest of the trip we kept saying there's a man down there well that's about it for this episode of betty in the sky with a suitcase i hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together thanks bye She's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why?